As a bribery scandal involving multiple lawmakers threatens to become the biggest corruption case in the history of Taiwan's legislature, President Tsai Ing-wen has moved swiftly to neutralize any links to her inner circle. In a press conference on Monday, Tsai said she'd signed off on the resignation of her chief of staff, Su Jia-shen, whose nephew is a suspect in the case. She also announced Straits Exchange Foundation chief David Lee as Su's successor. Su's resignation was announced on Facebook. His nephew, lawmaker Su Jianqing, is mired in allegations of corruption linked to the Pacific Soga department store. Secretary General Su considers his innocence as precious as his own life, he told me. That's why he decided to resign to prove his innocence. I respect his decision, and I can understand his resolve in resigning to demonstrate his sincerity. President Tsai called a press conference confirming his swift decision to accept Su's resignation. She already had his replacement on hand. David Lee will take over as the new secretary general to the presidential office. The main reason I have asked him to accept this position is because I wish to benefit from his experience in international affairs and his wealth of political experience. Rumors were flying through Sunday about who would take up Su's role, but Lee was chosen for the post less than 24 hours after the resignation. Analysts say President Tsai moved quickly to stave off any chance of factional conflicts emerging. Lee is a seasoned member of Tsai's cabinet. He was approached on Monday morning and his appointment confirmed in the afternoon. If you want to enter public life to enrich yourself, please choose a different path. The law is the final safeguard of morality. I ask all my fellows in public office, please take heed. Hold yourself to higher standards. Take responsibility for your actions. You must not allow a moment of carelessness to destroy the trust the people place in public authorities. The president had solemn words for government officials as well as an appeal to the country not to fall into cynicism. Sogogate may be the biggest bribery scandal in the legislative union's history. I believe you have already seen the outcome of our revision of the Company Act. A small number of individuals with ulterior motives attempted to pervert the process, but they were unable to corrupt the final outcome. The administration has always had specialized, rigorous mechanisms in place to protect the legislative process for important bills, both in the legislature and in our cabinet ministries. Robust procedural mechanisms are our best safeguard and our best defense against corruption. President Tsai is hoping that her reshuffle will draw a firm line between her inner circle and the scandal, however it unfolds. A memorial for the late President Li Donghui opened at Taipei Guesthouse three days ago, following his passing on Thursday last week. On Monday morning, major figures from across Taiwan's political spectrum paid their respects. Former President Tsai Sui-bian expressed gratitude for Li's life of service. The director of the American Institute in Taiwan, Brent Christiansen, paid tribute to Li's bold reforms that made the country, he says, a beacon of democracy. Former President Chen gazes forward and bows. He arrived in Taipei to pay his respects to Li, leaving a note that read, The spirit of Taiwan's father of democracy lives forever. We feel immense heartfelt gratitude for the service and work that President Li gave the nation of Taiwan throughout his life. In what limited time I have left, I will work together with all of you under the guidance of the eternal spirit of President Li as we continue to walk the great way of democracy. 
Chen could hardly sleep. He was so racked with grief, he said, stating that although he and Li belonged to different political parties, their work was the same. Taipei guest house welcomed visits from numerous political heavyweights, including Foreign Minister Joseph Wu and the director of the American Institute in Taiwan. I and my colleagues at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs remember deep in our hearts what President Lee gave to Taiwan's democracy and freedom. He founded our Taiwanese democratic system and thoroughly revolutionized our diplomatic position. Today, Taiwan has more and more friends throughout the international community and more and more support. That's because we share the values of freedom, democracy and human rights, as well as a shared way of life and a shared language. President Lee a great hero of Taiwan's uh, democratic transformation. The bold reforms that he put into place played a crucial role in making Taiwan the beacon of democracy that it is today. And we honor his legacy by continuing to strengthen the U.S.-Taiwan relationship based on our shared democratic values. Former Legislative Speaker Wang Jinping, former Vice President Vincent Xu and KMT Chairman Johnny Chang, as well as Taipei Mayor Ko Wenzhe, were also there to pay the respects. He persevered in furthering Taiwan's safe, secure, prosperous development and gave the greatest service. We honor him and we will remember him forever. He was, I don't know how to put it, he was a brave and wise man anyway. A storm approached Taiwan on Monday, but the rain did nothing to put off Li's mourners, who formed a continuous stream at the memorial. Taiwan says there's been a delay in a shipment of remdesivir, a COVID treatment manufactured by the U.S.'s Gilead Sciences. Taiwan had expected 2,000 doses to arrive in July, but the manufacturer says it's facing a critical supply problem. Taiwan officials say there's still enough remdesivir in stockpile to treat 54 severe cases of COVID. They're looking into securing supplies of dexamethasone, a corticosteroid that's also been proven to be effective in severe COVID cases. COVID is still spreading, with some countries starting to see a second wave of infections. A shipment of remdesivir ordered by Taiwan has missed its July delivery date. It's uncertain if the order will ever arrive, as Washington has bought some 500,000 doses, representing most of Gilead's production from July to September. Previously, Gilead had given Taiwan leftover doses from clinical trials and from an overseas shipment. Currently, that batch is at our CDC. If there are any patients who need the treatment, the CDC and Central Epidemic Command Center will make the arrangements. According to the Food and Drug Administration, Taiwan currently has 328 doses of the drug. One course of treatment is six doses, so the stock is sufficient for 54 people. Taiwan's rate of severe COVID symptoms is about 10% of total cases. This means 540 people would need to contract the disease before the stockpile runs out. That seems like a big number, but it's unclear when fresh supplies will arrive. To be able to produce it domestically, pharmaceutical companies need to take their lab findings and develop them further for mass production. That's going to take some time. The other thing is that this drug is a product of Gilead. It is still covered by a patent. Meanwhile, on another front, Taiwan is seeing only slow progress toward a COVID vaccine. The government plans to budget 10 billion NT to buy technical licenses from overseas companies. It's to let Taiwan researchers work on the world's most promising vaccine candidates so that a vaccine can be available to all by next spring. 
Japan's all-Nippon Airways has resumed service to Taiwan, with the first round-trip flight landing in Taipei on Monday around midday. It was the first Taipei-Japan flight in three months since routes were suspended in May. Last month, Japan's government reached an agreement with Taiwan to reopen borders to business travelers. Pushing a cart with bags big and small, this Japanese expat in Taiwan is ready to fly home to attend to pressing business. It was sometime around last month, around mid-July. We wanted to go back, but it happened to be a bad time. I'm so relieved that today's flight was not cancelled. This means the rest of my arrangements can proceed smoothly. They were decked out in protective gear, determined to catch this flight despite virus fears. Due to the COVID epidemic, Taiwan's borders were sealed shut, with Japanese airlines suspending their flights. This is the first flight to Japan in the three months since May 8th. Full biosafety protocols were in place, starting from partitions at the ticketing counter. We're here in the cabin of the plane. We saw that as soon as the plane landed, it was boarded by the entire cleaning crew, which is conducting a complete disinfection of the windows and seats. The cabin area was thoroughly disinfected before the flight. Even the flight attendants were out in force. Wearing gloves, they scrubbed away with alcohol pads, sanitizing surfaces like restroom door handles. It was to prevent virus spread and to put passengers at ease on the first day of Taiwan-Japan flights. Landing in Taipei amid rain and wind, the first round-trip ANA flight coincided with tropical storm Hagupit. Its arrival in Taiwan was scheduled for noon but delayed a half hour due to the storm. On day one, the carrier brought 50 arrivals and left with 100 passengers. ANA plans to operate two round-trip flights a week on this popular route, which previously saw 14 flights a week. It's a small step toward easing border restrictions, with full service to resume only after the pandemic ends. Tropical storm Hagu Pit made its closest approach to Taiwan Monday afternoon before strengthening into a typhoon as it tracked toward China. Although the storm did not make landfall, it dumped up to 90 millimeters of rain an hour in some parts of northern Taiwan. Taoyuan's Darian district recorded rain accumulation of 250 millimeters by the afternoon. Flooding hit some districts of Taipei, including Beitou and Shilin. The Central Weather Bureau says the impact of southwesterly winds will bring precipitation to the south and southeast on Tuesday. Rainy weather is expected to persist until Wednesday. Over 65% of Kaohsiung voters support DPP candidate Chen Chi Mai for mayor. That's according to the latest poll by the think tank Taiwan Brain Trust. Trailing far behind Chen is the KMT's Jane Lee, with just over 24% of support. The third candidate, Wu Yizhang, of the Taiwan People's Party, stands at about 10%. The poll also showed that 62% do not believe former Mayor Han Guoyi's recent endorsement of Lee has been to her advantage. There's just 12 days to go until the Kaohsiung mayoral by-election. According to a poll by the Taiwan Brain Trust, 65.3% support Chen, 24.1% support Li, and 10.6% support Wu. 
The think tank says voter turnout will be between 38.9% and 44.7%, meaning Chen could get between 600,000 and 660,000 votes. I think that for Chen Qimai and his camp, the greatest enemy is not the other party's candidates but Chen himself. He is in a race against himself. Following his defeat in the 2018 election, he is looking to win back the trust and validation of the people of Kaohsiung. The poll shows the DPP candidate with a wide lead. The poll also asked respondents if they felt Han's endorsement was helping Lee with her campaign. Over 62% said no. Another 47.6% said they felt Lee had not given a clear enough explanation about her plagiarized master's thesis. One factor is the structural problems within the KMT. Another is Lee's response to the plagiarism issue that's connected to questions about her integrity. The other problem is her performance during the televised policy presentation. This is a question the KMT really has to think long and hard about. What kind of candidate should it put forward in order to win over this so-called new generation of young voters? Election day is on August 15th. The Taiwan Brain Trust is expecting turnout to be around 40 percent. Taipei International Beef Noodle Festival is a competition held every year to honor Taiwan's best bowl of beef noodle soup. Competitors range from street stalls to five-star hotels and even celebrities. This year, the competition is divided into three flavors, stewed, braised and tomato. Registration is now open until August 31st. The Taipei International Beef Noodle Festival is back in action. Beef noodles are a national delicacy in Taiwan. In recent years, beef noodle stores have been getting creative with their variations on the dish. Entries for this year's Beef Noodle Festival will be divided into three categories, stewed, braised and tomato. Unlike in previous years, this year we've divided the entries into braised, stewed and tomato-flavoured beef noodles. These are the three divisions in the competition. Competitors can submit the beef noodles they sell in their shops. We have invited international judges and foreigners living in Taiwan. Beef noodle chefs are eager to face off in the 2020 Taipei International Beef Noodle Festival. Defending champion Chen Jiawu says his recipe involves high-quality beef and simmering the broth for three days. We used beef shank and beef ribs. The soup is boiled for three days and three nights. The production is quite laborious. The most important thing is constant practice. We even let our consumers try it. Competition is always fierce. This year, submissions include a fish roe udon beef noodle soup and a bowl filled with steak-grade meat and Italian pasta. Our beef noodle dish is made with American beef short ribs, paired with fettuccine. It's chewier that way. It's a combination of Western cuisine and Chinese cuisine. We used a lot of Western techniques. A store owned by Taiwanese actor Cao Xing is also competing. His business partner, Hollywood actress Bonnie She, let us in on what makes their beef noodles special. In our stew, 
We are trying to recreate the original flavour of the recipes used by mothers who lived in military dependence villages. 那么今年除了这个大赛以外, In addition to the competition, this year we will also create a map to show everyone where to find delicious beef noodles. Registration started July 29th and will end August 31st. The shortlisted stores will be announced on September 4th and the final will be held on October 20th. For most news, Stephanie Yang, Huang Yuchun in Taipei. Taiwan is known worldwide as a naturalist's paradise, with many types of flora and fauna flourishing on the beautiful isle. But many species are facing decline or even extinction, and the amphibian is no exception. National Tsinghua University has just created the country's first academic frog house to boost the population of Taiwan's native frogs. And the first phase of the breeding program has got off to a flying start. The azure-colored guys in this tank seem pretty sweet, but watch out, they're the deadly blue poison dart frogs. Hailing from South America, they grow just 3 to 4 centimeters long and live up to 5 years. They're the second deadliest poison dart frogs in the world, and some of the first VIPs at National Tsinghua University's new frog house. Nearby, these ones are mating. The golden poison frogs, also South American, equally minute, but just slightly more likely to kill you. Last week, the scientists here finally managed to breed the first brood of poison dart eggs. The team is delighted. 40% of the frogs in the world are on the verge of extinction. There are 36 species in Taiwan, which is such a great blessing. 14 of those species are endemic, only found in Taiwan, nowhere else. Some of Taiwan's indigenous species include the green Moltrix tree frog, just as colorful as its poisonous cousins. The 4 to 5 centimeter critter likes to make its home the mountains up to 3,000 meters above sea level. National Tsinghua University has set up Taiwan's first academic frog house as a safe haven for indigenous species. And they've gone to great lengths to prepare the perfect diet for their guests. This is food for the poison dart frogs and the small frogs, flightless fruit flies. They can't eat the ones that can fly. The first phase of the frog house project has already drawn to a close. It features about 200 individuals in 12 tanks. Now, phase two is getting ready to launch. The team hopes to construct a high-level imitation of the frog's natural habitat to give the frogs a leg up in reproducing and preserve the creatures for future generations. Taiwan's oldest bookshop, the Regent Store, has just reopened after a 30 million NT redecoration project. The Taichung Landmark specializes in religious and spiritual books and has a special place in the history of Taiwan's cultural heritage. Another Taichung book mecca, Central Bookstore, also reopened in 2019 after a hiatus of 20 years, reflecting the resurgence of the arts and culture sector in the city. These old photos tell the story of Regent Store's first 100 years of business. Now, with an injection of 30 million NT over two years, the oldest bookstore in Taiwan has a new lease in life. It feels very bright and fresh, the greenery with the books. Old patrons have poured back into the newly spruced up space. Its zen aesthetic is a hit. 
It is Taiwan's oldest bookstore, after all. Actually, at the moment, there's no other store in Taiwan that specializes in divination, religion, and spiritual matters like this. The Regent store was founded in 1912. Founder Xu Ke Sui first opened a seed store. During the Japanese occupation of Taiwan, he opened a bookshop and began printing books in Chinese to preserve traditional Chinese culture. It wasn't an easy path. During the Japanese occupation, he wanted to pass on Chinese culture, so he tried to bring over books from China into Taiwan that were more traditional or had some benefit for the spirit. Now the store specializes in religion, divination, spiritual and humanities titles, and it's planning to branch out into offering sessions in a special healing room. We will invite divination masters and psychological counselors to use the space, or to take bookings and people can come for sessions with them. With its gentle lighting and cozy reading space, Central Bookstore is another almost centenarian bookshop in Taichung. It opened in 1927 and was the largest Chinese language bookstore during the Japanese era. It closed in 1998, but with the revival of the arts and culture sector reopened in 2019. Its minimalist culturati vibe has made it a hot Instagram spot for the intelligentsia of Taichung.